Grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So last week, you might have noticed from our church calendar how your pastor went down to the State House. An opportunity arose to visit with the senator and representative of our district here in Indiana. And this came about through the Family Life Institute in a project called the Daniel Initiative. The goal is to build healthy relationships between pastors and politicians along with how churches might in their local communities walk alongside those needs that certainly governing officials know about. Two reactions up front to share with you about the visit. First, TV and other kinds of media never present things they, as they really are, and it goes no less for those who work at your state capitol. Second, there's something unique to say when political figures can speak with a Lutheran pastor of all people and from a small parish, from a moderately small town, depends on who you're talking to, but they can give each of them over a half hour of their time with me, alone. Now, moving to the gospel text this morning envisions something even more wonderful. Jesus was on a mountain praying, and he took 12 disciples with him, and after he appointed them to be his apostles, he came down. And what did they find? A large crowd of disciples were gathered, waiting. And even more amazing, a large crowd was amassing with people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the seacoasts of Tyre and Sidon. In other words, you've got to get in your mind and vision they left the securities ordered by the governance of men because cities are ordered by people. But they left it all, at least for a day, to come to Jesus. And such a gathering was better off than, frankly, all the lobbyists seen at the State House. Luke tells us why it was better. Power came out from him, and he healed them all. This blessed care at that moment of so many miracles, it had to be astounding to see. But it also came with the greater gift. Did you catch it? He lifted up his eyes, and he, Jesus looked upon his disciples to speak what we call the Sermon on the Plain. Blinded by the world's standards is to miss the wider blessings, my friends, that bind us together in the unfailing love of Christ. So, riches, fullness, laughter, and honor, they reign among the kingdoms of men. This comes primarily I'm going to tell you, from good governance. As it has been in the past, so we also run after these same things today in life, 
There is nothing inherently wrong with such good among the kingdoms of men. Matter of fact, you have it right there in the Lord's Prayer when you say, give us this day our daily bread. To be clear again, up front, Jesus is not speaking against a good life, which would frankly stand against the evident reason why people want to come to this great country. Much about riches, fullness, laughter, and honor flow out from looking for and upholding good government. These glories, as you know, are kind of, frankly, hard to miss before life. This is what I witnessed as I drove closer and closer to our state capitol. Bigger homes, fancier cars, larger businesses, and yes, more demands before governing officials. With these glories does come the temptation to take this goodness among or this kind of good life is the same thing as God's grace for a life. We equate one with one. If I got it all, that means I have God's grace too. Jesus condemns this kind of false glory today because when that good life does not add up, and maybe you've experienced what that means, the claim comes very naturally to sinners like us. God must be indifferent to us or anybody who are down and out in life. So you have to know that goodness of worldly standards ends in woes. This is what, I, this is what we have to consider if you do not believe it's true, you'll, all you have to do is go to the Capitol building. And you're going to say, woe is me. All right? Not from watching your TV news anchors. Just go and look at the mess. And how they have to manage. And you say, how can anything good come from all of this stuff? But it does. But you're going to say, woe is me, by gazing at the battles and sorrows before those governing officials. Worldly standards lead us down a narrow vision that denies God if he is not on board with the glorified good life to the point of even dismissing the kingdom of grace. In other words, to bank on earthly things ends with woes over our works, and before death itself, we will say, woe is me. Woe will blind you. Woes will blind any of us to see God's care for the suffering does extend to both the body and the soul. The last woe, you must know, belongs to a very bad habit, a dark habit, worst of all. And that is to praise false prophets and their lies so God's kingdom of the gospel gets gutted 
and frankly gets cast out from the peoples. You'll get your prosperity gospel. You'll get your short-term fix of riches, fullness, and all the things you want, but you will say, woe is me when the cross comes. After all was healed by Jesus that day, life, you have to remember, life that day was rich and full. People were laughing and they were praising. And so what Jesus blessed, what he called blessed, was a condition promised by his word, regardless of how life went. The wider blessings always reign with Christ now binding us together in his unfailing love. Anything else will divide. This kingdom comes governed by the blessedness of God's great humility. What is still more socially distant is not you with masks and fears of sickness. What's still socially distant is with the poor, hungry, weeping, and rejected. And guess what? Jesus runs to embrace all of them out of his great care. Where we see different kinds of suffering, that's how we manage stuff, right? Jesus saw it all the same. And how could he see it all the same? Because he's God. And he's able to step into all the circumstances of life. And he can do it in an unrestricted way. Without fear, without worry, he could make it all happen. Without any qualms of what would happen to him and without any cares of of tomorrow because he always had it in his hands, all that goodness. And so as power came out from him to heal, so his power reached beyond kingdoms of men with authority to carry the consequence and the condition of sinners. And that, frankly, is an authority that governing cannot fix. While we pray for our daily bread, what was the good life for Jesus? Jesus was to give all, to take all, in order to bring God's grace before a sinful world. What he calls blessed turns us from measuring life against God to witness that our debt, loss, shame, and desertion fell upon his cross. So these glories of Christ now stand in unfailing love wide enough to reach any poor, hungry, needy, rejected. And so instead of going to the capital, I always get it. I've done it before in the Twin Cities too, but it's always remarkable because it's when you're coming back from the glory You're coming back down that I know that God has chosen to draw close with his kingdom of grace. Jesus works in humbler ways. It doesn't take a full day or 85 miles to get there and getting lost in the parking garage. He works in humbler ways so that his gospel goes to the ends of the earth and A bigger word today does speak right now before your troubles, 
your sins are forgiven. In whatever condition or time of life, you belong to Jesus by your baptism. And his kingdom of grace reigns with great faithfulness. What does not add up is God's justifying work. This is what I mean. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Think about that. There was not an equality that could be seen in that statement, but they were all equal with faith and the confidence of what Jesus gave that nobody else can give or stand them for life. Different kinds of suffering, but the same Jesus, unfailing in love by his word and sacrament, giving a new glory set before our life now in him. And the goodness of togetherness in Christ is his kingdom that reigns now with all blessings. I know you don't feel it that way or always see it and understand it, but that's the fact. Blessedness, you must know, to the Greco-Roman world meant two things. And Christianity changed the whole notion of the word blessed. To the Roman They thought blessedness meant happiness from the gods. That's what the gods want for us, is to eat, drink, and be merry, and be happy. And living in success meant undisturbed kind of life from the woes of the world. Christ gave the new meaning to his Christians. First, It's to be a condition undisturbed by life. You understand that is what faith is, as a gift of God. So that nothing remains unshaken for you as we stand upon Jesus. But it also means being blessed by his name. God's grace as a gift and salvation is justified in his son for us over every kind of sin, every sight of death, and every evil thing of the devil. And of course, as you must know, where if the devil wouldn't be attracted to the power and kingdoms of men. So you got to be kind of bold to want to walk into those kind of places and still know Jesus reigns over it by his grace. Born the greed and selfishness no man can root out and even besting the twisted powers of government that we know lifted and put Jesus on the cross, we use government to kill God's one and only Son to justify us in our governing. And yet, we have a great good news of how Jesus is risen. Never to die again, giving a blessed future of eternal life, but also... A blessed, blessed way now are we, with his word, to step into the woes of this world. The church cannot live in fear. The church must follow the Lord 
who knew the woe of his own cross and went into it full bore with great love for sinners. So, with his word, we can have a few things we can consider. Pray for our leaders and those Christians bold to hold office unashamed of the truth. Ponder community needs with love as Christians who promote good citizenship. And there is a place for that. It's not not talking about politics in church, but you have a place, and it's more than flipping a boat, pushing a button for a vote. To be a voice and to be a person present that bears the name of Jesus in your communal life as a citizen. The church, too, can gather around those needs and meet them as God would care through, for the sake of the body. But let's not forget, it's all for the sake in the end of the soul would see Jesus and be at peace. Because as much as people come in here, and I think you probably have heard about it, but as people come up to our little food pantry here and thank those who are able to come and keep filling it, but has it been getting filled a lot more since the, the times of all this sickness and all these economic stuff? Oh, yeah. And there's three cars I saw come back to back this past week. But the point of it is, is that as much as you put it in their hands, we have to fill them with Jesus because that's the only confidence that truly delivers us and feeds us with the things that cannot be taken away, his great love for sinners. The last blessedness is the greatest from Jesus to hear. Calling on him is against the worst troubles. His name brings hope in the gospel. He gathers the baptized together and lets us celebrate the kingdom that has no end. All this remains before his church in the Holy Word and sacraments. Let me ask you one hard question. Sickness might have made us move away for a time and we gather together by God's grace as we can and by our own strength and by trust in the Lord. But Jesus isn't talking about sickness. He's talking about persecution. He's talking about you're going to lose your job. You're going to be maybe even hurt by someone who would come after you. Would you be able to still come to? You see, governance is necessary good. And we seek to have religious freedom to exercise that, especially in this land. But Jesus alone speaks with promise. Do you hear it? It's for you. He says, blessed are you because you hear him and his word. Blinded by the world's standards is going to miss the wider blessings that bind us together in the unfailing love of Christ. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. And at this time...